Welcome to the Music Business Podcast. Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends, tactics, and insights from some of the world's brightest minds in music. I'm Jordan Williams of EQT Management. And I'm Sam Heisel from Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Yo, what's up, Jordan? What's up, Sam? Not much, man. Very excited to have our guest on today, Mr. Evan Bethea, the Events and Activations Manager at SoundCloud. Uh, at SoundCloud, Evan is responsible for helping create this really unique series of events that takes place all over the world that brings together a community of SoundCloud listeners so that they can create and connect with each other. Uh Prior to working at SoundCloud, um, Evan has worked at some incredible different agencies. Blue Flame. Blue Flame. Diddy's, Diddy's agency. agency. Worked with Bad Boy. Um, he also worked, uh, at, while there, he's working as kind of product manager, content, uh, overseeing a lot of different pro- content production. He also worked at Vayner Media, which is where we used to cross paths because he was Project manager for Pepsi. I was working in a division called Vayner Talent, um, both working for the guy Gary Vaynerchuk, who founded the company, a very, very smart and talented marketer. He also worked at uh, – Evan also worked at Ogilvy. So I think in today's episode, really excited because he has a lot of experience as a marketer, so has seen the evolution of a lot of different tactics and what makes sense to include in the marketing mix now versus what used to make sense. Um, so we talk about general market – shifts when it comes to marketing. We talk about his perspective on kind of working in big corporations versus working in uh, smaller companies that might be able to move a little bit faster. Um, I really enjoyed having this conversation with him. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I think we talked from a macro level about, you know, the things that kept him hungry in the music industry, which I thought was awesome. But one thing I really liked that we talked about was community and a sense of building community. I think that's something me and you try to do on the podcast a lot. And at some point during the podcast, I literally took my iPad out and was taking notes like, okay, that's actually a really good idea because we actually got so deep into it. We, you know, we forgot our questions and just started brainstorming about really creative ideas to, to engage people. So yeah, for sure. um, definitely Definitely one of my favorite episodes because I learned a lot. So for sure. Well, uh, without any further ado, Let's get into it. Let's do it. Evan, welcome to the show, man. How you feeling? Feeling great, man. Can't complain at all. Very excited to have you on. No, we used to uh, cross the hall, cross paths a lot in the halls of VaynerMedia a couple yeah. years ago. Sure did. Feels like a long ass time ago. So, <laughs> right? I was grateful for the experience, but don't miss it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, <baby. laughs> hey, Byron shots. No, it was a beautiful experience. Still in very close touch with a lot of the incredible people from there. Yeah, same. Um, with that said, uh, can you talk a little bit about, I mean, even before you were, I mean, now you're at SoundCloud doing awesome stuff there, but even before Vayner, um, I mean, you were working at Bad Boy. Can you just talk a little bit about kind of how you got into the world of music? And then I know you bounced in and out a little bit. So just starting with the bird's eye view of your kind of career path today would be amazing. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I had a really interesting kind of like start to my my career. I, you know, right out of college, I, I jumped on a plane right after crossing the stage um to intern for for bad boy which was like i was like wow like this is like you know i can't believe i'm doing this you know just like moving to the big city coming from north carolina Mm -hmm. so yeah so i started i started as a intern at a blue flame agency which is diddy's in-house marketing agency right uh, at the time that focused on uh really focused on ciroc as its lead brand uh but also 
it, it touched on all of all of Puff's brands, uh, from Sean John to his personal, to launching the water with Aqua Hydrate, to uh, you know launching a television network with Revolt. Um, so I started there, and as that intern at the time, I just um, I was working mainly on Facebook and social media at the time, where it was kind of like the new Wild Wild West, and people were still trying to figure out Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Instagram wasn't even really out yet. Um, but I was doing more community management on posts, kind of figuring out, you know, cadence schedules and working with Diageo mm -hmm. on on the Ciroc brand. So I did that for about about a year and a half to two years, really focused on the social stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was, you know, blessed enough to be able to get an opportunity to go from intern to actually holding a position as uh, at the time it was uh, just a digital co marketing coordinator. Um, my role then switched from doing social to moving towards the owned and paid side of things. Mm -hmm. So from developing Ciroc.com to managing relationships with like media partners, such as like Complex, like working with ESPN on, you know, on product launches for Ciroc um, and for, for Puff. So it was, it was a really, it was a very kind of just thrown into the fire starts my career which is fun, you know, you kind of like hit the ground running, you gotta, you have to, you know, you always, you have to fail to learn. I did a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 did a lot sure, trying to sure. figure it out. Totally. Um, so yeah, I did that and did that for about two or three years. I wanted to kind of get experience on what it would like, because at the time it was a very small agency. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to get experience on like a, at a bigger agency level. So I had an opportunity to work at a uh, Ogilvy company um, called Geometry Global. At the time I did shopping marketing for Unilever, which was interesting. You know, I, I learned a lot there too on kind of like couponing, how kind of like the world works in consumer packaged goods. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was great. I did that for about a year. Um, I had an opportunity to go back. So um, I've kind of called the team back, rallied the troops, said, look, we need that old thing back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, and yeah. So we went back. Um, I'm, this thinking, time. I'm thinking about that um, documentary when he did that, when he was calling everybody to, to perform at his at his show or whatever, the Bad Boy Reunion yep. Tour. I'm just thinking about that with just like employees right now. Like, <laughs> yo, yo. yo. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're doing your thing, man, but we coming back, man. We're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. That was, that was good. That was a fun time, I'll tell you. I wasn't expecting that call, but, you know, it, it was, man, it was good. It, this time, I, I worked... Closer, I was more of a digital content producer at this time. So I was able to do more on the video production, uh, hiring teams, photographers, videographers, actually creating the narrative and the and the having more like creative uh, influence on the things that we were doing at the time. So again, came back, left, left geometry, then went back to work for Blue Flame again. And again, this time, like, like cool. Like, did more, like, photo shoot, video shoot production. Um, so I got really kind of into that world, and I loved it. Um, so did that for about another year and a half. So all in all, probably worked there for, like, four and a half, five years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then, this when we crossed paths, I left there and started working at Vayner mm -hmm. um, as a project manager for Pepsi. Mm -hmm. So with that, I did, you know, I worked on Pure Leaf. I worked on Mountain Dew, Quaker Oats. A lot of 
Quaker recipes now. <laughs> there it is. You know? <laughs> Did that for that a little bit. That pause after Quaker Oats, too. I work for Quaker Oats. Yeah. <laughs> What's Mike up? Drop. Yeah. Yeah. What you know about them? Y'all know that? Y'all know about that? <laughs> what you know about them energy bites? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <bro. laughs> so, yeah, did that, you know. Um, Puff and Quaker Oats, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Got recipes for days. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> did that and, um, you know, did that for about a year and some change and I had opportunity to go to SoundCloud. I mean, when that opportunity crossed my path, I could not say no because I remember sitting at the office at Bad Boy with one of my uh, good friends, old colleague, uh, Los, Los Antonio, and we would be in the back of the office, you know, bumping tunes like, mad loud and people would be like Where, what is this song like what is this mix I'm like Joe don't worry about it I got a source Yeah, and we were all like we were just diving deep into SoundCloud yeah for know? sure it was just had like that face. You, know, Damn, had... you didn't even tell him you just said don't worry yeah, about no, it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna tell you, bro. Don't worry about where I got it, bro. I got the plug. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. You wanna listen to it? You come to me, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll handle that. But yeah, no, I did. I did that. It was, it was great, man. Like, and then like that's like you know something different when you like do the research, you find tracks. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like I was like, yeah, man. I would like I would love to work at this place, and you know, interviewed there and got the job. You know, and I've been there for two years strong. Started uh, as an integrated marketing manager slash events and activation manager. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So when it comes to the SoundCloud and that opportunity coming about, I think a lot of people um, that listen, like want to work in the music industry. Some of them are running their own businesses and they're trying to take the entrepreneurial path and others are taking on really unique jobs. Maybe they want to be entrepreneurs down the road. Maybe not. Regardless, how did the SoundCloud opportunity like fully come about? I mean, obviously, a lot of the experience you had to date helped you become a really strong candidate. Mm -hmm. But uh, as for people that are listening that are trying to think about how they can get jobs at cool companies within the music industry, it'd be cool to hear the actual story as to how that actualized. Well, really, I mean, I think in my career, in my life, networking is key. So I had just, I had in the, the music Net, like industry had you know a bunch of close colleagues friends that you know branched off from working with you know working at bad boy or at blue flame so i had an old colleague that had sent an email because they saw that um soundcloud was hiring there was at the time soundcloud uh was going through a rough patch um they just um kind of re uh reinvested and re and were doing like a big big hire so there was a there was a position that kind of fit my expertise. So my old colleague sent over the the you know the job description, and I like jumped at it, you know. And cr crazy thing about how small this world is in networking is like mm. the VP at the time used to work at Sean John. Mm. So it's like that's goes to show you how small the world is. The Just VP keeping of those, SoundCloud. No, yes, the VP, the marketing. Or, yeah, the, he was the vice president of global marketing at the time. Right. He used to work directly with the president of Combs Enterprise at the time. So knowing that I worked closely with them kind of already had me in a position to where I could have someone vouch for me because I've, I've worked in the industry with somebody that's 
worked the same job before. Mm -hmm. So it's really just keeping those relationships tight, never burning bridges, you know, just like always try to stay positive and, and, and maintain those relationships because those will eventually maybe one day get you to a place that you really, really thought you want to work. Mm. You know, like right now at SoundCloud, I it was like, oh, I'd love to work there. Yeah. I've actually got a few questions just from our listeners about how to network. Um, the one thing that I always tell people in situations, especially like that, isn't necessarily be buddy buddy with the people at the top. It's mm -hmm. be cool with everybody because somebody who works under you could, you could end up working for them. You know, I've seen it happen time and time again. So, I'll be out to coffee with people who listen to the podcast and they'll be like, what's your advice on networking? I'm like, just be nice to everybody. Like, I was like, literally, I could be working for you. <laughs> like, you're asking me how to network? Three years from now, you could have a company I want to work for, you know? So um, I just, you know, hope people don't forget about that. It's not always like aiming for the top. It's also, you know, being with your peers and networking with your peers. I totally agree with that. I mean, I that was one of the biggest things as soon as I got through the door. It was just try to meet everyone. Mm -hmm. I don't, like, the title to me didn't really matter you know being mm. fresh from north carolina to move to new york it's just like picking people's brains you know like you, like you said you never know where you'll be 10 years down the line yeah um and it's staying positive and just you know having a good rapport right you know say hi to everyone in the office you mm -hmm. know like the, or your peers Tally, take time to go like you said go get coffee right you know learn about the person right um they'll keep you top of mind yeah yeah, yeah for sure for sure yeah. So at SoundCloud, where's your focus at right now? And I mean, as far as like the role, the responsibilities, what you're trying to make happen there? Mm -hmm. Well, right now, uh, events and activations are a big key part of my job. So we have recently activated a new series called our SoundCloud Creator Forum, which uh, it's kind of like a road show um, that goes around to different markets our priority, like key markets that, you know, we see that there's a lot of listeners and activity. And there, our job there is really just to like empower the creator to create and kind of network with like-minded individuals uh, that, you know, want to get into music, or may not be, you know, like a top producer, but like they're kind of like the bedroom producer that has fire beats that maybe need like they need a, a vocals on it. They mm -hmm. need somebody to help with production. Like we want to bring all out, bring the creators out and essentially create a SoundCloud community that the same community that you have online with sharing and reposting tracks and kind of sharing music. Mm -hmm. We want to create that in real life. So create that experience. So we've been doing that since we our first activation of this was down at A3C in Atlanta. Um, we worked, we did it at a really dope space. It was Mike Will's, uh, studio space, um, in Atlanta. So we had, what we do is essentially there's three days worth of activations. We have first day is like our networking, um, opportunity for people to come out mm -hmm. and network, meet people. Sometimes we have, you know, partners involved. Like we've had Denon, we've had like FL studios, uh, Fruity Loop studios, um, kind of like debut there products there at the forum um we work with dolby as well um and then from there it's just really that day is just about having people connect letting people know that we're there um the second day is more along the lines of and these are interchangeable days but just the three days um second day would be a panel day to where we have industry experts talk about kind of like this it's like you know just talk about their stories on how to like really brand how to create their music how to what it's like to be in the industry so that people you know, can be inspired and it gives them 
you know, drive to to create more and like, you know, let them know that, you know, we're here for the educational aspect of right. the music as well. And then day three is just the showcase. So we take like local talent, you know, that, that are heavy on our platform and that have that social influence um, in their communities that maybe up and coming may already be pretty, pretty successful. And we have them perform, uh, do a showcase. Um, Miami's, we did, there was DJs. It was really DJ focused. There was no like performance. But mm-hmm. um, in Atlanta, we, you know, we had artists like um, to perform like Key um, did, you know, it was like our headliner in in my, in Atlanta. Uh, some Jimmy came through. I mean, it was his, his kind of like his studio, which is cool. Yeah. Um, how do people get involved with that? Like if somebody's on SoundCloud, how do people get, how do people get involved? Um, really, it's it's through email, through data, our database. We mm. share we share advice via our, our social channels. Um, we send out emails to listeners um, that are, are active on the platform. Uh, you sign up for your account. It's in our system. We know you're listening. We know you're in the area. Send you an email if you catch it. You know, come through. We you know obviously we encourage you there uh, to be there, and then also on social. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been really fun. We've been doing that. Um, our next one's in Toronto. Nice. Uh, that'll be February. Shameless plug. February nineteenth and twentieth come through. No, it's there not a shameless plug. We got you on here, man. Plug <laughs> away, bro. Plug <laughs> no, away, bro. Um, yeah, yeah. How often are these events? Um, so again, this first one started in October. We did. Okay. We've done. We we've done Atlanta. We did Amsterdam for like electronic scene, and we did Miami f- during our Basel. So this next one is Toronto, February. So they've been like about once every once a month, yeah, once every two months. Like once a month, yeah, once a month. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they've been they've been wildly successful in my eyes, just to you know see people passionate about their craft and come together, and we're there to help support and uh, their journey, whatever it may be, as a creator. What's something that you've learned at any of the places that you've worked that kind of is the you know, the thread that kind of ties them all together just in terms of like working in the industry or, you know, you said something about networking kind of along those lines, especially working with Puff. <laughs> yeah. I think um, one of the keys that I get would be just kind of like not being scared to fail, always having an open mind to learn mm-hmm. um, because, you know, there's every day there's something new and especially within music where it's like we're, we're in a, such a fast moving space and, uh, you know, music's always changing. Consumption of music's always changing. So it's just like always just studying up, yeah. keeping a fresh, keeping a fresh open mind, and you know, and just working hard, and like and just know that like this the like the hustle is like it's a hustle is a real thing. You know, like always, you know, always try to project positivity and just like just 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 being your work ethic. You know, mm-hmm. always just being on it, responsive, communicating, over communicate, over share. Yeah, I um, you know, you just said studying. I actually just learned recently that I need to get back to doing that because you know I, I used to do that when I was younger before I worked in the industry. It was like I was on blogs every day, looking at news every day, and then you work in it, and then it's like, oh, you start focusing on your work, but you still need to be uh, in the community of the music industry, you know. So now I commit time every morning, thirty minutes to an hour, just to like read news. I'm sure you could tell this morning, Sam, because I was like sending y'all text messages about news articles and stuff like that this morning, but. You know, I think that's something that I'd encourage everybody to do and do every single day, you know? For sure. So, yeah. Yeah, it's big. Uh, the study. I mean, I remember as an intern, I used to, my old boss um, used to have me 
as part of my like duties as an intern was to like check out TechCrunch, Mashable, yeah, and like get these articles and like read them and like present them back to him, brief him, yeah, like brief Damn, him, like what, did, like, like what did you present to him? Damn, that's like, tight, yo. Yeah, I mean, like, that's like, that's <laughs> it was dope. I mean, yeah. I learned so much crazy stuff, right. and like, and I'm informing him about what's on the news. So he, I'm sure he read the news, but maybe I caught something he didn't. Right, see. right. He go back and read up on it. Yeah, and then and I did like a sometimes I even at, at later on down the line I did like a little newsletter that went out to the company about like fire stuff from the news. Mm-hmm. So like I would just go to TechCrunch Mashable like again like at age or you know like whatever that um, media company was or whatever to get the news and I would just send that out right. to people and it would be all digital focused. That's right. awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. When it comes to um. I mean, you've been working in the field of marketing for a minute. I mean, between Bad Boy and the big agencies and then back to Bad Boy and now kind of marketing at SoundCloud, um, you've seen a lot of shifts, I'm sure. I mean, I think social media, I mean, isn't like brand new, but even within then the approach at which you use it, I'm sure has changed. Can you talk about some of the different changes you've seen throughout the years and some things that you're really, I guess, conscious of right now? For sure. Like, I mean, I can, one thing is the influencer, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I remember, so when like Instagram came out, there was just like that heavy back in like, I'd say like 2013, 2014, around the time Instagram came out, it was like this big, heavy, it, like the influencers, everything. Right. And like, just like that, uh, brands, like kind of like spending a lot of money on influencers and they're being like, they would always say like organic ads, you know, organic putting content and making it feel organic like it's like mm-hmm. part of their everyday life right um i c- personally feel like that is kind of like died off so it's came and then it's ca- and then it's kind of like went away mm-hmm. because yeah. you know it's like the sellout kind of people think oh yeah it's like you know like if you can find a way to do it now like they'll you know brands still do pay mm-hmm. uh influencers but like i just think that i've seen that trend kind of like spike and then kind of like yeah fall a little bit which is interesting um let's see i think just, um, I'd say, I don't know, I'd, I'd say tw- Twitter, tr- Twitter's still for like news, but like, you know, like I saw, I saw a lot of like brand dollars being spent on like paid tweets and things like that. Again, th- these are still like marketing techniques that like, or tactics that are still used this day are still mm-hmm. super effective. Right. But like, at least the brands that I've worked for, like kind of like budget shifts, right? So like the spends from brands went from like, Digital was kind of like Wild Wild West. Don't know what it is. Not gonna right. like spend a lot of money. Like Facebook, Facebook ads became a little bit more easier to use for more people. Like on right. on a lower level, mm-hmm. whereas before it was like on brands only. Mm-hmm. So like seeing seeing like uh, you know those dollars, people investing more into digital, right. like because they weren't unsure of it. And now it's <laughs> like now it's like if you don't do it, you're like you don't have a full marketing campaign. Right. Yeah. You're not getting like, the reach. It's not even getting the reach. Right. But like, and like before it was like, you know, you just do like, it was just out of home, like, you know, like digital, like, you know, emailers and things like that. That's, those were like your, that's, that was your media marketing mix. And mm-hmm. like now digital is like such a heavy piece to the puzzle that like, right. if you don't have it, and then some people just don't even realize the other, the other stuff is yeah. really still effective, but like you still need everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember just people, focus on digital. Yeah. I remember when people didn't take it seriously. Yeah. Like people, I remember even, even when I, you know, 
started college, I guess, was seven years ago at this point, people would say they did social media companies. It was like, oh, shit, he doing social media. Yeah, like it wasn't like a thing, you know what I mean? Now it's like, oh, shit, you like a digital marketer. Right, right, <laughs> now, right, right. It's like the whole thing has changed, you know? Yep. And careers, people getting rich off of it now. Before it was like people used to get, people used to pay people like, you know, $10 an hour, $11 an hour to yeah. like run social media campaigns, at least from my eyes. No, for sure. My friends do it. And now it's like a well-paying job because you got to, you know, a lot of people are into it now and you got to know the ins and outs of everything in order to be successful as opposed to just like posting on Twitter once a day. Yeah, you know I remember I mean? talking about that. Yeah, like I yeah. remember talking like, wow, this is like at the time it was like a, like a, a job that was like not, wasn't making too much. Yeah, and yeah. And now it's like, that's like an important job. Yeah. Like that person is like controlling the narrative of your brand to get millions of impressions online. Whereas before, you know, like the eyes weren't really there. They were there, but they were just for a demographic that was like younger. Right. Now everybody's on this shit. Right. Right. When you think about activate like IRL activations, um, how are you evaluating the success of those now from a marketing perspective? I think, I mean, honestly, I think as sentiment is everything, right? So like the sentiment that you're getting, um, you know, like the chatter that you're getting surrounding the event mm. real time in real life, as well as online. Mm. Um, obviously, hashtags, we still use those right? Right. when we communicate. So just kind of like just seeing that sentiment online and then emails. Like, I mean, when you people come to an event, you know, like they sign with their email and it's just like we we'll communicate with them afterwards. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like we don't want to just show up and then leave, leave them dry. Yeah. For sure. We're there for, you know, a reason we want to really connect and stay connected. Mm-hmm. So the, I think the valuable thing is this, like the success is just keeping in touch with those that want to be a part of SoundCloud and just kind of continuing that communication down yeah. the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I think, I mean, for event-based, event-based marketing, any sort of like in real life activations, the more ingratiated people have become with like social media and the more time they spend – the more valuable these like events that pull people away from their phones to connect yeah. with other human beings, the, the value increases on those. So uh, I think even the, not only the ability that you can facilitate like cool networking moments where other people can meet other like-minded cool people, but ultimately it's kind of building this deeper personal connection with the brand. And right. we've sort of seen that in the touring industry too, mm-hmm. how, you know, ticket prices have gone up because even though we're more connected on our phones, people value real life experiences more now than they ever have because everybody's connected on their phones, Agreed. you know? So what do you, when you think of, uh, I mean, this is a, a question for both of you guys, but just obviously musicians, it's critical to tour, but is there room to like innovate and bring together community outside of touring? And are, are there any specific question. events you guys have seen of artists doing that? Um, I honestly haven't seen it happen too often. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget which artist I was thinking about that did this, but they had a listening event. Illmind? He does pass the ox. Yeah, he does pass the ox. But I'm, is, think, I'm thinking yeah. of an artist that had like a listening event. Um, and they ha- they somehow chose a fan of people that were that were curated. And it wasn't just like an event that was shot out to people in the industry. Yeah. And it kind of helped bri- build a community. And then they filmed the entire thing. And then that came out as like a music video. That's cool. We did That's that. Cool. We did that for uh Chelsea's uh Chelsea Cutler and Jeremy Zucker, two mm-hmm. bigger artists, one of the our past guests, Harrison Remler. There's some of the his like managees, if you will. Um but we wanted to do a live acoustic recording of five songs. 
So what we did was instead of just having them in a studio by themselves, they posted on their Instagram uh, intimate listening event for this recent EP for first 100 people or for 100 people in New York. Uh, within like an hour or two, the list got filled. Mm-hmm. And then we were able to have like a live audience, which created not only a cool setting and atmosphere for the video, but also it's like that uh, live IRL activation. That's dope. Yeah, that was, it worked out well. Videos I think it would performed. be highly personal to do this, but I think it'd also be cool to weave music with something else that people can do with the artists. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, play games with the artists yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Or watch a movie. One of, one of my best experiences you know, in the industry was I saw um, The Warriors. That's what the movie's called. Yeah. Come out to play. I yeah, saw yeah. that in a, in a, in a uh, movie theater. Um, it's really popular. It's in Williamsburg. I'm forgetting the name of it right now. With Nighthawk, yes, Nighthawk with Run the Jewels and Nas in the movie theater. That's fine. And there was a bunch of it was a bunch of you know fans in there. At the time, I interned at Mass Appeal, but you know there was a bunch of people. It was an exclusive event, but it wasn't like we were all. And then Nas premiered a song at the end in front of us, which was crazy. Yeah, but like you know. He, you know, Killer Mike wasn't up there rapping necessarily. We're all watching a movie together, hearing yeah. Killer Mike's live reaction, yeah. like something like that. That's you know? crazy. That's super cool. That could be cool. Yeah, and I feel like it, it goes back to a lot of the foundational element of what we talk about in marketing. It's like the approach when we had the episode with Nate Auerbach recently, or even just kind of what we'll do at Knox is like the foundation of all your marketing should really be like, who are you as a person or what are you as a brand? What do you stand for? On the artist side, it's easier because you can play to the actual like interests of the artist. So if, if it's a movie event, uh, I mean, if you love movies or a certain type of movies, why not activate your fans around this yeah. shared interest? Or it's right. like whatever random interests you have, bring people together. Board games, fuck it. Like, yeah. Right. That's right. interesting. It's funny you say yeah. that on, what's to say? I think it was on last Thursday, we had an artist come in. His name was, uh, uh, I can't remember his name at the time, but what his, his thing was he brought, he was big into plant. Uh, plant-based foods cool. and you know he's from the south he's from charlotte north carolina and he brought in food for us to eat like and it was like having like a soul food like family yeah, time yeah, yeah. and we all sat around we ate first we even said prayer around the food we ate damn whatever and as we're eating chilling talking he's playing his music giving us like yeah giving us like the rundown of why he made some of the songs he did yeah damn that's awesome. Farrar. Farrar. that's amazing that's awesome that's super cool yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because I even the how well you can create a stronger connection with your super fans and mobilize them to become your advocates is, I mean, they're going to be your biggest marketers, if you will. Like we're all three marketers. It's like find ways to activate and mobilize people that care about your brand the most. So if you can create these like exclusive experiences and really connect at a deeper level around plant-based food or whatever it may be, like that to me is like no brainer. Even Gary, Gary V, Gary Vandertruck for the listeners, like the guy that Evan and I used to work for, he does a fantastic job at identifying who are his most influential followers and brings them into the office. Uh, sometimes just to give I'm like low key writing this down right now. It could be like it could be tours of the office or for the bigger ones like FaceTime with Gary. Um, but yeah, getting creative around how you can nurture that connection is super valuable. I'm even trying to brainstorm and figure out more tactical ways. He's like, damn, we are having a marketing meeting on the podcast. Um 
That's awesome. So what uh, what are you most excited about? Not only as far as kind of your career, but even to just like market shifts that you feel are taking place or that will? That's a good question. I think, you know, career wise, I think, you know, obviously events, I'm looking forward to those, which is good. I mean, there's going to be a lot. We're, we're hitting up Europe this year, nice. potentially. So hopefully, you know, fingers crossed that gets done and I'm, and I'm over there. I've only been to Europe twice. So, you know, that would be exciting. But as far as like, um, industry, um, I think, you know, I'm just, I think I'm like curious to see what augmented reality AR is going to do. Mm-hmm. I think the future, it's an interesting place, right? With like how field of vision marketing could happen mm-hmm. you know like i know that back a couple of years ago like google goggles they well google glasses at the time uh, you know yeah yeah was, google glasses yeah that, it had like, flop of the it was like yeah, a yeah, 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 that was a yeah. huge flop <laughs> but, but i wouldn't rule it out right yeah because like i don't could know make, like, yeah i think sure. i think there's validity in like some like old movies you know like when you see old movies it like, will happen right it it was, i think went. it was i think for that it was just that specific yeah. product was a little before it's time I think once the technology is there and it's stronger, like there's motorcycle helmets where you can actually get like mm-hmm. GPS like over here and shit. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's, that's in movies. I didn't know about that. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's but scary. my bad. No, yeah, like I think that that like that well that augmented reality. That's yeah, and like the VR stuff. Mm-hmm. I just think that if you look at trends in movies, if you look at like Back to the Future, yeah, you had at the time back with that was like the. Um, 90 early 90s or mm-hmm. early 80s. Mm-hmm. there was um to talk to somebody on the television was wild crazy yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> like yeah. it was like what in the world there's somebody's face on the other side of the screen yeah. you facetime each other every day yeah, yeah not just walking down the street yeah, yeah. so like those wilds you got movies like her yeah where yeah. Uh, there's a, a human being having a full-on relationship with a computer yeah. Like, and computers are getting smart as shit. Yeah. So I was like, that scared the fuck out of me. I was like, yo, I don't want this to happen. <laughs> right. I don't want yeah. nobody to be Bruh. cool or like a made up person cool enough. Wait, what are you, false start love, fall in love with Siri? Like, yeah. yeah. But then you can get Siri to market for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And they're <laughs> always listening and all that. So, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah. It's interesting for sure. I mean, we, we had one guest on, Sherry Hugh, who, Sherry who, uh, who, is a technologist. She is a journalist at the intersection of tech and music and was speaking about how we're really just at the kind of, I mean, the the tip of the iceberg as far as um, augmented reality and virtual reality and artists and music kind of venturing into that space and referenced a couple of times when um, there were like virtual concerts by like Marshmallow or certain artists Mm -hmm. and that would help them break records on getting songs to stream. I think Um, I wouldn't be surprised too. Uh, If you look at technology in my eyes, oftentimes it's, not necessarily creating new goals, but it helps us achieve and do what we want to do with less friction. Mm-hmm. Like even FaceTime, right? It's like I enjoy, like humans are social creatures. We want to be with each other. This way there's less friction in us being with each other when we're not co-located. I think uh, some sort of like VR experience where we're actually like chilling together, like at the movie together and like a VR, well, like kinda, or at a concert like together. Right it's now, like, yeah, you can, yeah. Um, you can watch basketball games with people. Yeah, like, really. Or like your Avi will be sitting next to another Avi, and like you, and you're like court. You can buy courtside seats to like Lakers games. That's, that's <laughs> crazy. Are you trying to go see the Lakers <laughs> games tonight after the yeah. after the podcast, guys? I don't even know how much they would charge for something like that. That's dumb. But all wild. these things change the landscape, right? And that's what makes it so exciting. That's why what you do, I think, is really exciting too, because you get right. to be on the 
the tail end of these things as they happen and think, how do we make this work for us in a, in a good way? Obviously, I do, too, as a manager, but, I, I, you know, it's not I got I got to worry about a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I also got to worry about an artist getting from A to B just that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So my attention yeah. is a little bit split. And this artist blowing me up. Yeah. Which brings up another interesting question or thought thing I wanted to ask you but like um, having worked across like a very corporate domain like I guess to some extent Vayner especially on I guess like Ogilvy side um, versus Bad Boy and SoundCloud I mean th- those aren't like super small companies by any means but they are a little more like in this kind of like music world versus this more traditional corporate world mm-hmm. what have you seen as being some of kind of like the pros and cons or uh, of each world that you've tried to kind of combine the best of the both. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a really dope question. I think reason being like, you know, starting off at a smaller company, smaller in, in relativity of like, mm-hmm. you know, most like, bigger agencies, right, like, right, right. uh, blue flames, super small. It was like only like 20 people, maybe if I can remember correctly, right. but you're doing work of that. There's a lot bigger teams. So you have to mm-hmm. be a little bit more, uh, shifty. You have to kind of think more, your feet a little bit more. You have to be a little bit more creative. You have to think about how to do bigger things with little less resources on mm-hmm. hand um, at smaller companies. And then you have like larger companies like Ogilvy that's hu- huge and has like full creative teams all the way in like Chicago mm-hmm. and we're in New York and you have all types of director positions kind of like Vayner like, you know, has directors uh, managers, VPs, all sitting dedicated to one brand mm-hmm. budget because you know obviously budgets are bigger, right? Um, and that with that, when it, things are a little bit bigger, create for me and my experience, creativity gets decreased mm-hmm. a little bit more because you have process to follow because mm-hmm. you're trying to get shit out the door, right? Right, and you know, like I think there's give and takes. I mean, there's like pros and cons to each one, like the larger companies, again, more process, more, but you're, you're, you're getting, you're getting something that's a little bit more, maybe a little bit more polished or a little mm-hmm. bit more like packaged because mm-hmm. it's like, it's like a manufacturing line. Whereas when things are like, you're just trying to get them done, they're more gorilla. They feel a little bit more like authentic, like raw, kind of like, and like even SoundCloud, like we, we like to think of ourselves as not necessarily super super polished brand wise like right. packaged up because we're you know we, we appeal to those everyday you know people that are making music like mm-hmm. sometimes like booths like aren't like booths home studios aren't the the prettiest studios right you know? uh, for sure you for know sure, like for sure. you know um totally. so yeah i think there's just like it's it's give and take or not give and take i'm sorry pros and cons right right 100 percent. Yeah. yeah i think it's a in my experience too there's a lot more I mean, it was interesting because I've actually never really worked for a major. Even while I was at Vayner, I worked at like a startup division within Vayner. So I guess it was kind of like a happy medium. I mean, it definitely had more of like a corporate influence, but it was fundamentally different. But even just like music versus non-music, I think a lot of times it's – there's a lot – I would almost say sometimes that there's a lot, a lot more things are way more urgent. And I think urgent (laughs) is really (laughs) due to a lack of good planning. In you which, mean which in which one? In, in music worlds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, da- yeah okay, sure. damn, yo, shit. No, with, with <laughs> all love. I mean, if it's nope. anything, it's, it's... I was literally, we were, like, brainstorming with our team the notion of, like, 
as we're trying to strengthen our agency and mm-hmm. create the most impact possible, how can we avoid urgency, but also accept the inevitability of urgency, given that that's just the way how this industry operates? Well, yeah, I mean, that's how, I mean, I think that's how music and it's like, look, if you think about like sometimes tracks get made on the dot, like, right? Like, yeah. And you have to react to, oh, that's a fire track. We need to get that out now. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to lose the momentum. That's goes, what I was going to say. I think, I think a lot of the urgency comes from dealing with people and it being like a people business, right. you mm-hmm. know, like, for a big agency that's representing a brand necessarily, the brand can't say, actually, you know, you know what? Fuck it. I want to switch it up and then put yeah. it out tomorrow. <laughs> like, like a human yeah. being can. And then you have to just right. like figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, it brings me back to the episode with Alex Cram where she was yeah. like, like music business itself is like oxymoronic because right. you have like <laughs> business, which is this very rational, like operations minded endeavor versus like music, which is this artistic endeavor. And mm-hmm. if, if you, let the the business overwhelm the the artistic creative side, then you're just wringing it dry. Right, and it's not influential. Yeah, like I mean, you think music, like the music, drives the culture, which then drives you know like bigger brands really because they're trying to figure out the this demographic of like the younger like early adapters and like those that are going to be influential down the line. Like right. you get the buying power, and it's like if you hit them with music and like something that's cool to them, yeah, like. And there's so much emotion that's involved in the music. Right. Like music is super, super important. A lot of people, they, you know, it's, it's like hidden. Like I, I realized that after working in the industry, I listen to music when I'm happy, when I'm eating, mm-hmm. when I'm partying. Like music is involved in so many different aspects sure. of your life um, that drive like how you even dress. Totally. Right. Like with the music that you listen to. Yeah. So it's like it can be. And then, you know, music is it's like trendy. Like yeah. there's always trends in music. So it's just like trends in fashion. Yeah. So like when you find the trend in music that can like that drives like bigger, bigger business, like in buying For sure. different other things. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Love how it, do you um in your role level yourself up? How do you make sure that you're always, you know, doing your best just, um, just from a marketing standpoint? I think it's just staying, staying um, at like the pulse of what's new and like what's next, mm-hmm. and like kind of just being aware, staying, staying active, not necessarily like still going out and seeing what's what's hitting like mm-hmm. out and being out, mm-hmm. you know, um, and doing different industry things here and there. Also checking in, also also staying with. Shout out to my my old boss, uh, you know, on top of the digital news mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. just making sure that you're you're reading like you said articles on new technology and what's next mm-hmm. um, so that when conversations arise you have at least something you know what it is and you're not totally in the dark mm-hmm. you have a starting point right for sure yeah. for sure that's how I feel with with uh, music when when songs come out or when artists are popping oh you haven't heard of what I get embarrassed yeah. every time I'm <laughs> like damn like, you're oh, right shit. I should have heard of them <laughs> Like damn, it's like, I need Sorry. to. I need to get on my soundcloud. Yeah, you haven't heard it. That happened with Pop Smoke. I got party, oh, yeah. party. Oh pa- yeah, and, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Party, party, bro. Yeah, some people slip yeah. through the cracks. And yeah. Pop Smoke, I got on relatively early, but yeah. the person that grilled me was like slow tie. So it was especially it was, it was slow especially tie embarrassing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> so I was like, yo, you ain't heard of Pop Smoke? <laughs> I was like, damn, you from the UK? You tell me about somebody yeah. that lives down the street from me? Like, this can't happen. That was not- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's that whole grime thing. I mean, right now, grime and grime and uh, the UK that that styles that genre is popping in the US right now. Yeah. Right. So for him to get on that and like, 
crazy. Stuff it's like awesome. scripted and all that. Like, yeah. But you yeah. got to be like that in all and everything. You know, whatever your thing is. Yeah. You know, if you like, you said if you're in marketing, you got to be on on Mashable on TechCrunch figuring out what's what's you know what's trending, what's the next thing. Because I you know I read this book also. Um, so good they can't ignore you. Cal Newport, yeah. Yeah, and he says in that in order to be you know truly innovative and creative, you have to know everything as it happens because that's how you see around the corner. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? For sure. So, yeah. True. Dope. Well, Evan, man, thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited for all the work you're doing and uh, the trajectory you're on, man. It's, it's fun. Awesome, man. It's, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of you course. know, looking forward to, you know, see you guys have on next. Likewise, bro. Cheers, man. Thank you, Cheers. Evan. We out. Thank you. Peace. Man, that was a dope episode, man. Fire! Like I said in the intro, one of my favorite episodes. He's a good person to talk to also, you know. Um, a lot of these people, and I told him this before, a lot of these people that we interview don't necessarily have too much experience being on podcasts. And I almost think that makes for better conversation because we literally forgot the mic was there. All of us did, clearly, you know. So um, I didn't care that the mic was there when I took out my iPad and I started taking notes, you know. Yeah. So no, I, I love the idea we came up with there. Just really starting to brainstorm how you can activate your audience outside of shows. I yeah. think that's a very unique way to nurture the relationship with some of your closest fans who can become your biggest advocates and ambassadors. Yeah, and as we were talking about it and just going through the history of social media and you know the rise of the social media marketer to the digital marketer to the digital manager, I thought was also a pretty unique perspective too. And he's gotten to be that person the entire time. He's, yeah, got, yeah. he's gotten to be the person who you know wasn't getting paid that much and didn't expect to get paid that much being a social media manager to actually you know being a a really important part of the team as as social media not just social media but digital marketing in general got bigger so totally 100% dope we'll see y'all next week hey man I just want to shout out again Bands in Town um we're coming up on our year anniversary with with the Music Business Podcast in February and yeah, I just want to take the time out to thank everybody who's who's listened I don't care if you've listened 10 minutes or 10 episodes or all of our episodes um and especially you know, shout out bands in town. Me and me and Sam, when we when we started this, we didn't really have an idea of getting any sponsors because we just didn't think anybody'd be interested at first. You know, that's just how people. Did, that's how it is when you start things, and they've really come on as a great partner for us. So um, it was a very you know organic fit. Like I've told you guys, I use bands in town every day, so I just want to shout them out, and I want to shout you guys out, man. I'm starting to get reflective, man. It's almost been a year, you know. Doing it, man. We do it, y'all. We love (laughs) y'all. Leave a review. All right, guys. Peace.